Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The New Orleans Saints are NFC South champions again for the second year in a row. They celebrate at Raymond James Stadium after a 28-14 win over the Bucs. Tampa Bay with a 14-3 lead in this game. They're shut out in the second half. Quarterback Jameis Winston is sacked four times. He's hit on 10 other occasions. Some troubles with the offensive line. And a little sideline spat. Is it finger-pointing time? Ryan Jensen, the center, and Winston got into it. On the sidelines, we'll talk about that and what is left for the Bucks in the remaining three games of this season. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. I'll be joined by Tom Jones, a columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, in just a minute, along with producer Steve Verstick. But before we get started, hey folks, Christmas is just around the corner. You want to make sure you find something nice for that perfect lady in your life. Go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. And for our listeners only, Guess what? You're going to save 20%, that's right, on all jewelry purchases. Now, they already have the best prices in town. Don't go to the shopping malls. That's where they get the big overhead. My friend Andy Condon of Wholesale Diamonds is going to hook you up and hook you up big. Whether you're looking for a statement piece, maybe a diamond necklace or some earrings or a bracelet, or how about popping the question on Christmas Eve, asking her to marry you? Well, he's got the best selection of diamond engagement rings. He's going to hook you up. Go see my friend Andy, and for our listeners only, you get 20% off all jewelry prices, uh, purchases coming right through the holidays. It's right around the corner. Continental Wholesale Diamonds, it's where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. All right, Tom Jones, uh, we've just watched the Bucks lose to a better New Orleans Saint team, uh, 28-14, although this game, Tom was one that, that the Bucks looked like they had some control of. They're up 14-3 at halftime. Uh, they come out in the second half. They get a big turnover, a chance there to go up three scores. And then within a, a couple of plays, the whole thing changes, momentum and everything, and then they got dominated in this second half. Yeah, it was a weird game, Rick, in that you know, they're up 14-3 at halftime. It seem, seems like they're in pretty good control. And then we'll get into the, to the specific plays that really cost them. But... You know, and, and the funny thing was, I thought if they were going to win this game, it would be in a shootout. I thought that was their only chance because I figured New Orleans would put up a ton of points. The defense played pretty well, they sure actually, did. In, the, in the first half and really the first series of the second half where they got the big turnover. But, I don't know, Rick, it's like you got you had the sense that, that because it wasn't more than 14-3, to and then when they didn't score off of the turnover to start the second half, that you were just asking for trouble at that point. And, and eventually... Um, New Orleans was was going to make enough plays, and here's your thing, Rick. Like as much as as you want, you could might want to blame the the defense for giving up whatever it was 25, 20 yeah. points. Yeah, twenty five points in the second half. It was really the offense that stopped moving the football. That's what hurt them. 
Yeah, no, no question. I mean, the defense, I thought, played as well as they could in the first half. New Orleans, who, who you know, Sean Payton wants to run the football. I mean, he is a guy that wants balance. He's got Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, two of the best running backs in the league. They had three yards rushing in the first half. Three! Yeah. And, I mean, that, you know, that that's as good as you can you can play as a defensive front. I thought Carl Nassib was really good. Mm. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul showed up in the run game. Uh, they defended okay as far as the pass goes. And, and, again, the offense did enough, especially with that first drive. I mean, the, once again, the Bucks came out uh, in their first possession. They went down the field 75 yards. The best throw Jameis Winston makes is, is the first one he makes to Mike Evans, um, who's got man coverage on Marcus Lattimore. And then Evans disappears. The New Orleans Saints defense is one of the better defenses in the league. And that should be scary for people. That's why this team won 10 in a row. That's why they have 11 wins and a second straight NFC South championship. You know about their offense. You know they're talented. But when you put that defense out there and that defensive front with the guys that can cover, they're a handful. And I was talking to some of the receivers, like Adam Humphreys after the game. He said, man, in the second half, I, I had trouble reading their coverage. They disguised things. And then they just, you could see them just clamp down yeah. on the Bucks' offense. You know what, Rick? And, and I wrote a column in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times talking, and you and I have talked about this, that not having Deshaun Jackson, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world because he really doesn't have a connection with <laughs> Jameis. Here's the thing. They could have, you know, like a, it's a game like yes. this. You could use Deshaun Jackson. If for nothing else, then line him up on the outside and have him run 60 yards. the field. Exactly. And you saw the be, impact. Because you don't have really anybody else on this team that does that. That's not, right. Not like Deshaun Jackson does Mike Evans is really not a deep guy, although he caught one day. Adam Humphreys is an over-the-middle possession. And Chris guy. Godwin, who, who yeah. was playing that, that starting receiver role, had, had 10 targets today and only one catch for like 13 yards or something like that. Yeah. So they I locked think, I him think down. they're missing a guy like Deshaun Jackson on a yeah. day like this. Well, and what happened in the first game? When they played New Orleans, now, you know, it was bombs away. Right. Sean Jackson had the best game of, of his Bucks career, mm-hmm. uh, along with Mike Evans, because they hit hit balls down the field. It was weird. Jameis had a weird game, Rick. I asked Cutter, Dark Cutter, uh, head coach of the Bucks, right after the game, um, what he thought of Jameis's play. And his reaction to Jameis, he's like, yeah, he wasn't very good. Now, he admitted he was under siege all day. The, the offensive line had a horrible day, I thought. But... Uh, but he also called Jameis out. Like, he missed some throws that were there. Yeah. Uh, the, the throws to, to Chris Godwin, it wasn't like Godwin wasn't open. He was open on some of those yeah. balls. And Jameis didn't hit him. So not, not a great game for Jameis. Again, didn't turn to football over. Not when it mattered. I guess he threw an interception in the last, last minute drive. of the game yeah. or whatever. It was pretty meaningless at that point. But he also didn't make any plays either, Rick. I mean, that was right. the one ball he threw to Evans. And there was a couple other, like, short, sort of dump-offs that he made plays out of it. Not a, not a great game for Jameis. I didn't no, I thought he was off target. And, you know, this is the thing when you when you uh, sort of try to get caught in between protecting the football and making plays. Mm-hmm. You know, we've not seen Winston trail in a game since he came back. Uh, and in most games, you're going to have that pressure situation where your team needs to go down and score to take the lead or to get back in the game. And he wasn't able to do it because he just wasn't accurate enough. Um you mentioned the offensive line. It was horrific today. And I know I know that's a really good defensive front. Cam Jordan is a man. He's he's one of the better players in this league and having a great year. But when you watch their offensive line play, not only could they not run the ball, and that's been a constant. I mean, Jameis was their leading rusher again with about 40-something yards on five scrambles. And those were pass plays where he just had yeah. to get what he could. Um, but he was sacked four times. He was hit ten other times. Mm. And when you hit a quarterback, I don't care who it is, 
he's not going to be comfortable throwing the football in that pocket. And you could see the pressure gets to Winston. And then you could see it boil over on the sidelines. I mean, there was a point where this team, uh, the Bucks, were winning the game um, in the second quarter. And they had a ton of penalties in this game. They had, I think, a nine for 80-something yards or something accepted and more than that overall. But Ryan Jensen on one drive had two penalties for 25 yards, including an after-the-whistle personal foul. And, Tom, this guy is the most penalized player on the team, one of the most penalized in the league. He has nine penalties accepted this year for 100 yards. That's a football field of yardage you've given up in one position. And he has four unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which nobody has more than one on the entire team. They draft, you know, they, they signed Ryan Jensen as a, as, a, as a free agent from Baltimore, and they talked about he brought attitude. He brought the nastiness. We love his, the way he finishes plays. Well, really, that's not the way you play football in, in hurting your team that way because you want to be a tough guy. You know, this is not the, the WWE. This isn't, right. you know, UFC. You know, you can't do certain things after the whistle. And Ryan Jensen w- was a bad player for them today, and it hurt him. Absolutely. Look, uh, there were the, the play he got the penalty on for, for uh, a late hit, um, I thought at the time it was kind of a borderline hit. But then the more I looked at him, like, it was unnecessary. That's the thing. Don't give, don't give the, the official an excuse to throw a flag. Particularly right. when you have a bit of a record. And don't you – exactly. Don't you think they're looking exactly. at 66? And, and it was, like I said, totally unnecessary. He wasn't sticking up for anybody. Like I They didn't take a shot at the quarterback. No, no. I'm like, sometimes I'll give a guy a little bit of a benefit of the doubt if he's sticking up for a teammate. But I'll tell you what, Rick, and, you know, I, when, you watch, when you watch games closely – and we're, and we're here at these games, when you see what a sack does to your team or what a 15-yard penalty does to your team, mm. when you're starting off first and 25, so, I don't care where you want to field, it's all, you almost never convert those. It, it, it completely kills drives, and it killed that drive. you know. So And then it boiled over because I don't know exactly what was said between Jameis Winston and Ryan Jensen on the bench. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. They were clearly yelling at one another, and it was – Jameis, you know, imagine that. Jameis telling somebody else, you need to check yourself. I mean, it was – and I can understand the frustration. He keeps putting the team in bad situations. What we hear, highest paid center in the league, right, Rick? $5.5 million a year, the highest paid center in the league, certainly not playing like it, not worth it at this point to the Bucks or this season. He hasn't played like it. Look, George Warhop did a better job of protecting Jameis Winston than Ryan Jensen did when he got between them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and, it, and it was it was ugly because I don't know what Jensen's – He's the defensive line Yeah, coach, he's the offensive line, line coach. Offensive line coach. I don't know what Jensen said uh, to Jameis. I know Jameis went over there and he was mad about the penalties. I yeah. think that's that you don't have to be a psychologist to figure that out. But whatever Jensen said back to Winston – Winston took great offense because I'm not a great rip lip reader, but yeah. I can read this much. And he said, I'm your teammate. Right. I'm your teammate. You can't you don't say that to a teammate. Like like we're right. on the same team. And right. whatever he said crossed whatever imaginary line there is even on the sidelines. And he said, you know, look, two minutes later we were both over it. And it is true, this is a highly competitive league. You have two guys that are, that are very emotional in their own, the way they play the game, the way they approach the game. You're going to have those in every game, yeah, on every, every sideline Every just week about. it happens. But, teams, but. Um, you can't dismiss the fact that this is something that Jensen has done all season long. And you just – and this is what this told me today, Tom. When you make mistakes against good football teams – 
they bury you, mm-hmm. okay? You can't get away with a going and blocking the wrong guy on a punt and, and, and both guys jumping Alex Okafor and here comes Taysom Hill or whatever um, to, to block the punt because you screwed up. They buried you for a touchdown mm-hmm. after that mistake. Yeah. Um, that was know, the game right there. That was the shift of the game right there. You went from three, a chance punt. to go up three scores, right, when you right. missed the field goal. That's another thing. Oh, jeez. Just when you <laughs> thought it was safe that Cairo uh, Santos Claus had brought the Bucs uh, a field goal kicker. He had made 15 straight kicks, Tom. Yeah. 15, three field goals, I think, uh, what, 12 extra points. Misses. Uh, from 40 yards, clangs one off the off the upright, and then and then that was the swing, right? They missed the field goal coming out in the second half after a stri- strip sack fumble by Carl Nassib. They can't punch it in there, and then they give up the block punt, which ends up in being the first touchdown by the Saints. Right, that shift of momentum, you could see it leave and go to that sideline over there. Exactly. That was over at that point. No, you mentioned it, Ricky. When it's teams that. And I, hate, I don't mean to call him a loser, but teams losing lose teams. games. Yeah, losing yeah. teams find ways to lose games. Yeah. And that's what the Bucs did. Winning teams find a way to win games. And the Saints took total advantage of it. The Bucs, right then, like you said, it, the whole momentum got sucked out of that game. And then, and all of a sudden, you're going you're gonna to keep Drew Brees down for a little while, but not a whole game. He was going to eventually get things going a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and that certainly was the difference in the game. And, boy, it just – the thing is, it just kills – you know, you had a nice season. Like uh, the last couple of weeks, you had a nice thing going here. You know, you had won two in a row, uh, and then you have a fourteen-three lead at halftime. Next thing you know, you could have been what six and seven. All of a sudden, you started like, oh, or you start looking around trying to find to do the math. Look, oh, Minnesota you're might to, lose. Oh, and hey. this team might lose, and Philadelphia could lose, and it, like you weren't totally dead. If you're going to Baltimore at six and seven, and Baltimore was was, I think they won again. They were very fortunate to win. As a matter of fact, I think there was. There's some late heroics there. Or, yeah, right. Or mistakes, a missed field goal, or something like that that enabled Baltimore to win. But look, no, Baltimore, they, they, they end up losing. They, oh, they, they did lose. Yeah, they game? lost that game in overtime. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it was, I mean, that's a team that's. But they're vulnerable. Certainly. I mean, they, they have a quarterback situation where Lamar Jackson's come in. He's run around a little bit, done some things. Joe Flacco has been in and out of the lineup. So you don't know what you're going to get up there. It's a winnable game, especially with the momentum of beating the Saints. If you've had three in a row and you go up there. Now you get to seven and seven. I've always said you get to seven and seven, you got a chance. Look, they're not mathematically eliminated, this football team, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a one percenter. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not gonna I mean, you would need so many things to happen to get in, even at eight and eight, and that's assuming that you win the last three, which is at Baltimore, at Dallas, and home against Atlanta. I'm telling you, Tom, in these next three weeks, we're gonna find out a lot about players. You're gonna find out 
that the Glazers were courageous to bring him back because I don't know how much courage they have. You've seen empty seats in the stadium the last couple of weeks. I know the weather was bad on Sunday, and, and so maybe that drove some people away, but there was a lot of Saints fans here today. Without them, this is a very much a half-empty stadium. This is a tough sell right now, even with them winning two games in a row. And, look, they got one more home game against Atlanta. Um, by that time, Atlanta won't have anything to play for, so remind me of you know a couple of years ago when Carolina <laughs> came in here the last game of the season just couldn't wait to start the buses. Right. Ron Rivera went for two, went for two just, just to, to get, get home. Exactly. Um, which, by the way, Ron Rivera, you may have a lot of coaching changes in the NFC South. Atlanta lost again, I believe. Yep. Carolina lost again, I believe. That's five in a row now. Lost at Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to have some changes uh, in coaching. But Sean Payton's not going anywhere because him and Drew Brees. Look, this Saints team is really, really good. And, and I don't know if they're going to get home field or what's going to happen. But that team will travel. They can run. They mm-hmm. can throw it. And they can play defense. And I, I, it's clearly the best team in the NFC South. They've won it two years in a row now. And right now, all the Bucks can do is try to stay out of the cellar for another season um, because there's just not much left to play for. So, I don't know. There was, you know, you got a different picture, too. Like, Winston, for two weeks, had been really careful with the ball. And you thought, okay, well, he can play this way. And if he does, maybe they can win games. But then you see what they do against really, really good teams. And I'm not saying Carolina is a bad team. They've lost five in a row. Yeah, right. They, there's clearly some issues there in sure. Carolina. Yeah. And San Francisco is not a good football team, no. and they were playing the third-string quarterback. So you are what your record says you are. This, this is not a great football team right now as it's constructed, although there are pieces of it that I would say, hey, good for the defense to fight back. They've done a much better job under Mark Duffner than they ever did under Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. You look up at halftime, they've given up three points to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. You need to win that game. You right. need to find a way to win that game. This, for all the world, looks like a 6-10 and ten finish yeah. here. I, I think they lose the next two road games at Baltimore, at Dallas, win at home against Atlanta. And like we were, we were saying, Rick, we were saying as we were getting ready to go in the locker room on Sunday that everything's back on the table again. Like yep. just, just when you thought, okay, maybe Dirk Cutter, I wrote a column a week ago, ah, maybe Dirk should come back, ah, maybe Jameis has proven, you know, ah, Jason Light, he's made some nice moves. Now it's all back on the table again. You know, Dirk Cutter, does he come back or not? Does Jason Light come back or not? At 6-10, and 10, it's hard to imagine either of them coming back with that record. Jameis, you know, who knows with that. And that's what I'm saying, Rick, uh, throw out ownership. Besides ownership, you could make a pretty decent argument. The three most important people to your organization are your GM, your head coach, and your quarterback. No doubt. And now we have questions about all three of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after we thought uh, these these uh, the questions were going to be answered, but... It's it's certainly all up in the air, and like I said, six. It looks like a six and ten team right now, and they deserve to be six. And, and that's ten. why I think that that these last three games, obviously, that if, if you're Jason Light or, or Dirk Cutter, you want to win them and put the best argument you can, you know, to to the Glazers at the end of the year. Right. But for Jameis Winston, it still matters. It still mm-hmm. matters how yeah. he plays. Sure. And even though he was playing behind a real leaky offensive line, you know, which which had maybe one of its worst days. Um, he's still got to be more accurate with the football. Look, he, he completed about 47.3% of his passes, okay? Mm-hmm. In any NFL game, that's horrific. That's the second lowest completion percentage he's had in his career, and the lowest came in his rookie season at Houston one day. And I remember that game. They dropped about six balls, yeah. or he'd have been much better off. Right. Um, so uh, you, you can't go out here and, and not complete passes. You know, you watch Drew Brees – and I know he's the GOAT, you know, in, in the most passing yards and all that. Drew did not have a great game, barely over 200 yards throwing. 
but he completes balls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't see a lot of bad throws. You don't see a lot of balls on the ground. He'll take the short passes. Every quarterback does, but he's not missing. You know what I mean? And today, Jameis Winston was missing. And if it was because it was tight coverage and he couldn't shoehorn it in there or the receivers you know, couldn't make plays, whatever that thing was, um, it wasn't clicking today. And yet, like I said, they had an opportunity to go up three scores in the third quarter on the New Orleans Saints. And I think the momentum of that might have, might have pushed them over. Because when you talk to DeMar Dotson, they said – he he was like, look, we didn't we didn't play very well. He goes, but they had more energy. They got energized. We we let them up, and that's right. what happens when you take your foot off of somebody. You get them excited, and then that blocked punt is is really the play that changed. Yeah, the two the two plays, and we've already talked. The two plays yeah. that really changed this game. The missed field goal when you could have gone up seventeen to three, mm-hmm. uh, and it stayed fourteen to three, and then the block punt. And that turned a, a, a 14-3 game into a 14-11 game because the Saints ended up going for two right after that. And there were, at that point, you could have just – I didn't know what the final was going to be, but I knew the Saints would end up with more points than the Bucks at that point. As far as Jameis Rick, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him, I, he had two things going against him today. One, we talked about it, the lack of protection he had. But they could not run the football at all. And I don't, I don't know what the numbers were, but he was in a lot of third and longs oh, as well. Yeah. You know, or in second and longs even. They weren't picking up productive yards on first down. And they couldn't run the ball hardly at all. So, they haven't um, run it all year, Tom. No, they haven't. And it's, we keep he's trying. been their leading rusher three games in a row. Yeah, that can't happen. And he's know? not a running – this is not Michael Vick. No, no, he's not a guy that runs around at all. So, and, I'm, and I don't know that it's a Peyton Barber issue necessarily. I'm, you know, I no. don't know that it is or isn't, but – they have offensive line issues, Rick. They're going to have to fix them before next season. And, Clearly. Um, you know, I, it's if, if I'm walking out of the stadium, I'm trying to figure out if, as a Bucks fan, like, well, okay, what am I hanging my hat on here? Like, what am I looking forward to? Like, what – do I like my quarterback? Eh. Do I, am I excited about my head coach? Eh. Like, I just don't know what I – I like my receivers, and I, like, I think I like my defensive line. Uh, after that, boy, they got a lot of work to do still. They do, and I, you know, I don't know exactly how they're going to put this thing back together. I think that these next few weeks are going to be interesting again to see who wants to play. You know, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson, and I'm just going to say this. I mean, there is, and I said it on a pregame show, there is some real dis, disagreement, I should say, about why Deshaun Jackson didn't play today. And when I say that, I mean, like, he has an injury, right? He has a sprained thumb. But there are some that think he should have been out here today, and he would have made a difference. You know, if nothing else, if your legs work, whether you can catch the ball or not, they have to follow you down the field, right? Yeah. Now, I know injured players don't play, and you can only dress, you know, what, 46 and whatnot, and so that was a tough decision. But um, they needed him, clearly, and you can see, like you mentioned earlier, you can see why a guy like that is valuable to a football team because he makes you have to respect the whole field. And I don't think they had anybody that can run by anyone, and I think that that made it easier after the 36-yard throw. After that throw to Mike Evans before the last two-minute drive, I don't think they had another play over 18 yards. It's, I mean, it's just no explosion at all today. None, none at all. And as far as him not playing, I know, Rick, it's real easy for, for people to say, well, it's a sprained thumb, tape it up, get out there and play. I would never... I don't. I would never question a guy whether or not he's hurt or not. You know, I. I don't know. I'm not him. I don't know how badly his thumb hurts. Uh, what but, if I told but, you? But I will say this. I. So I'm not questioning it, but I bet you there are people around the organization. Who and are I will. Questioning. I will confirm that 
Exactly. Without without getting into any details, there are people in that organization questioning whether or not he should have played mm-hmm. or that he's capable of playing. And there are some that thinks he will never play the rest of the season. And then there are some I've talked to that said, oh, no, he definitely will be back. Because if it was a four-week injury, he'd put him on, you'd put him on injury reserve because there's right. only three weeks left. Right, right, right. But you can't do that, which tells you it's not a long-term, in terms of when I say long-term, it's not a three-week injury right. or he'd already be there. So. Well, however, however, he wasn't here. Um, they certainly missed him, and um, you know. So, so now the heat is ratcheted up. You know, you're a columnist in this town. <laughs> you wrote a column a couple weeks ago saying, you know what? If you're looking for an offensive guy, here's the number one passing offense in the league. Passing league. They don't have OJ Howard. They haven't had Ke- uh, or uh, Keisha. Woo. They haven't <laughs> had Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know. I think it was tough today for Chris Godwin, who, who you know, obviously wasn't in sync with Jameis, whatever. So they're not – but then everybody has injuries. I get that. But but now Dirk Cutter, he, you know, to me it was funny. It was almost like he – I don't know. I don't know what I expected in the post game, But, I mean, he knew how they lost. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they got shut out in the second half. Um, and, and that's a really good team. There's no – look, 11 teams have lost to New Orleans this year. Some twice. But right. 11, there's been 11 – victories for the Saints so that that's one thing but I don't know what his fate's going to be and I don't know how linked it is to these last few games I mean I think you need to have the team play hard I think you need the quarterback to play well I mean that's the thing is Cutter going to get out of Winston what he needs to get right in three weeks you know, I, I just think Rick it's going to be hard I, I, and I don't know how the Glazers think necessarily but I just, I just think at the end of the season they're just going to look at the record and I don't blame them for that. If you look up and it's six and ten, yeah. After you, after five and eleven, you're I, one game better. Yeah. After I, all I, the money, and you started two and up. You know, you this see, year. Ooh, that's that's a good point yeah, too. I, you know, how do you justify it? And yeah. I'm just saying, and Rick, and you mentioned it, and I don't know that coaches, head coaches, sell tickets. I don't know, like if no one comes to watch you coach. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. And and there have been a lot of good coaches who've come in here, and everybody's been real excited about them. And then you know, yeah, that that wears off as soon as you get your, you know, get, get beat the first time, but. Yeah, I just I think they're going to look at the record at the end of the year. So if they finish eight and eight, which would they would mean winning the next three games, which I don't think they'll do. Yeah, then maybe he has a chance. I think anything shy of that. But that means you went, you know, six and eight to finish the year. Yeah. I mean, you you won the first two. You know what I mean? So right. you won six out of your last fourteen. They did go back and forth. They did have you know certain things happen. Mike Smith clearly was a was a story this year because you've seen what what Duffner has done. They did find some guys in Carl Nassib, who looks like a really good player, and mm-hmm. there's still guys playing hard on defense. But I don't well, know. I'll say this, I, no, and I don't, again, not knowing what Deshaun Jackson's deal is, and even with the argument on the sidelines, I'm not going to pin that one on Dirk Cutter. I'm not going to say, oh, he doesn't have control. No, no, that happens. I, this, uh, I looked at this, they're playing hard. They're trying. Yeah. I, like, I haven't seen anybody giving up. Nope. And you've seen that large. Coming off the field, Rick, and I know it's – how much of it is just playing for the cameras and, and whatnot? Because we, we all stand yeah. as the media. We all stand as they come off the field we, we, in, in the runway, yeah, mm-hmm. going to the locker room. There were a lot of F-bombs being yeah. dropped, and guys were really upset. And I don't think it was an act. I don't think no. it was like, all right, I'm just going to play it up so that you know the media sees me. Yeah. You know. I, I think that their guys are legitimately angry and upset and still playing hard. So uh, does that mean it? I don't know if that means anything at the end of the day, yeah. but I don't think they've given up on Dirk Cutter. Well, we'll see. They go to Baltimore and then to Dallas, those two teams very much in the playoff hunt, and then it'll be a, what will be probably a meaningless game for both teams when the Atlanta Falcons finish the season here. 
uh, on uh, what will that be? Uh, just a day before New Year's Eve, I believe. Yeah, December thirtieth, like I that. Think, December thirtieth yeah. after Christmas. That's right. So that's right. still got three games to go. We'll see if uh, Jameis Winston can get back on the winning side of things. And I don't know what's left in this 2018 season, but it certainly isn't one that uh, you know. We know this. They're not going to have a winning record. No. Um, so you know, put that in uh, in perspective. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. We'll uh, talk to you after next week. Sounds good. Hey, one added note. Uh, Tom Jones, as he was leaving the stadium, told me that's the last time he's going to do a game there. Of course, he's going to the Pointer Institute of Media Studies. This Friday will be his last day at the Times, and he's going to take over uh, over there at Pointer after a couple weeks' vacation. So we'll be talking to Tom, though, probably this week on Tuesday, I would imagine. And uh, my thanks to him throughout the year and, of course, throughout the years. As my radio partner, longtime colleague, we're going to miss Tom Jones, but I'm sure he'll jump on the podcast with us from time to time for sure. Hey, I'll be at One Buck Place to talk to Dirk Cutter about this loss to the New Orleans Saints. The Tampa Bay Lightning were on quite a roll, having won, what, six in a row now. They're going to host the uh, New York Rangers tonight, so we'll have lots of discussion about that. Might talk to Matt Baker later this week, do a little college football, and of course, uh, tons of stuff to talk about. Uh, with the Bucks and uh, the Rays winter meetings coming up as well. So make sure you keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We're here Monday through Friday. And, folks, Christmas is just around the corner. I'm telling you, don't panic. You want something nice for your girlfriend or your wife, uh, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You're going to get 20% off all jewelry purchases through the holidays. Uh, and, and this is the guy you want to help you Andy knows everything about diamonds, and he's going to hook you up. It's where I shop, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. My thanks again to Tom Jones. For Steve Verstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.